They don't understand, they don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the father and we gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ died one time for Welcome to Reformed Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. I have with me my man, Norm, the master's dog, Dunham. How you doing, brother? Hey, what is going on, man? How you been? I'm doing well. Um, I'm excited Good. to have you with me, and uh, you're doing a, sort of a remote thing this week as you're out. Where are you at? Out and about on vacation in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Nice, and, man. Uh, with family, and uh, just did Easter with a, a big family get-together and stuff like that. So it's it's been nice just to get away, no work, uh, no worries about anything, just hanging out and... Uh, enjoying life this week awesome and, so, and yeah it's a good time to be in colorado it is beautiful it is beautiful out here it's about 70 degrees a little overcast but um, everything is nice and green and uh yeah spring has sprung here in colorado springs man it's beautiful yeah you got like uh flowers popping out and stuff all over the place yep a lot of a lot of green and colors and it's good I'm, I'm happy to be here. I, I forgot how much I love Colorado. You know, Utah's not not bad, but you know, Colorado is just it, I don't know. It's a different place. It's beautiful. Yeah. Nice to come visit, but I couldn't live here anymore. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't make this my home with the way some of the laws and things have gone in this state. Yeah, I saw the last election that they voted to protect the I think it was some type of wolf. Uh, they're like, we want to make sure to protect these wolves, but uh, abortion, we're going to continue to allow that to go on. Right, exactly. Seems yeah, did like... you see there's a... Go ahead. There's there's a law that just got passed in Utah, I guess, and it's going to be an interesting thing to watch. Um, with They're saying that it's a law that says that the baby's dad has to pay half of the mother's out-of-pocket costs, and I'm assuming this is for, like, you know, guys that aren't married to their baby mama, uh -huh. has to pay half of the out-of-pocket costs for her medical, uh, for a pregnancy, and I'm like, I wonder if that's going to give them any rights as a dad as far as, mm. you know, not having abortion, because we had a guy a week ago at the abortion mill in, in Salt Lake City that showed up at 9 o'clock and we, you know, we started talking to him and his name was Richard. And he's like, he's like, and we were asking why he was there. He says, well, this place is open from nine until five. And my girl has an appointment here sometime today. And I don't know when. So I'm here to try to talk her out of having this abortion. And I'm like, praise God for that. But again, I mean, if this law goes in, it may actually give him some kind of legal standing in making a decision and not allowing her to have that abortion. Yeah, so that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. That sounds good, but the problem I always see with many of these laws is the enforcement of it, right? right. We create all of these 
laws like there is a law on the books in Arizona that you're not allowed to procure an abortion uh but nobody's right. enforcing it and then i even know in um utah after talking with chris that there's laws about you know you have to have proof that there was rape or incest that you have to like present right. this or there the baby has to be given a proper burial and proper like, burial yeah i mean ridiculous laws that mean nothing exactly but. like who's enforcing these laws they're not first off um and exactly. we just creep like oh this is a victory we're creating this law but nobody's enforcing these laws exactly but it sounds well, we good. just need to it does it sounds good and reading it on paper and like i said it's going to be interesting to watch but it's like can we just get to the point where we get rid of this sure yeah you know please god please lord Let's do this. Um, I had I sat down with two of my state representatives in the last week and discussed this issue with them. And a lot of what I continue to hear is that they're pro-life, but they believe that the uh, uh, abolitionist bills are just going to get shot down in court. So they're going right. to try and save some with incremental laws rather than... Um, putting in these bills of abolition and the problem is exactly. that god says to remove the evil from amongst you from and to do away with not to save some amen amen and I mean, that's, that's the that's, issue that's bottom line yeah i mean anybody who is going to say well i'm pro-life but okay just stop just stop we, we unless you are willing to say abolition you're not pro-life, right? You're, you're, you're semi-pro-life. You're partially pro-life. You're not pro-life. There's no such thing as you're pro-life, but right. And nobody wants to be a, but <laughs> nobody does want to be a, but, <laughs> but here, and here's the, the answer to the argument is regardless of the outcome, we need to do what's right. God doesn't say Amen. do what's right if it will actually happen he just right. says do what is right be obedient to me and let the chips fall where they lie that is part of exactly. his sovereignty you know yep. it's like exactly. hey these bills they might get shot down in court they might not ever get voted on whatever but we need to just push and do what we're called to do and let God work out the details. Right. I mean, it's, it's the parable of the persistent widow, right? It's, I mean, she didn't go, well, I'm, you know, I, I want, I want what is, what is due me and I want justice. And I, but you know, this judge is never going to hear me. So why bother? No, she continued to go back and go back and go back. I mean, and that's, that's what we do is, as those who believe in in life, we just keep going back with what is right. God is sovereign. God is going to do what God is going to do, and we're not called to go. Well, yeah, you know, it's not going to work, so why bother? That's that's not that's not what Jesus taught. I'm glad you said that too, because the other side is not, is doing exactly that. If you look at uh, 
gun laws, if you look at taxation, school funding, all of these things, well, there probably was at one point in time when they were like, there's no way that this is going to get passed. But that didn't stop them from continuing to push and continuing to push the same thing every single year until opinions are changed, people in offices are changed, and, like, it's getting to where, like, different gun laws are going to be put in that nobody ever thought would be put in. Would happen. Right, exactly, because they just continued to push. We continue to push. That's what we need to do is continue to push. What we need to do. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. So Christians continue to push. And how, you know, let's talk about how God works through his church, right? It's Mm -hmm. a progression of Christians continuing to faithfully take ground, right? It's, It's Christians continuing to take ground. I mean, there have been large movements... Uh, uh, you know, gospel movements where preachers went and preached at large um, stadiums and people came to faith uh, in large numbers. Now, we don't know which ones actually were saved and which ones were actually having an emotional, um, you know, experience. But historically, we are taking ground... Um, inch by inch by inch until the seed, the mustard seed, has grown into a large tree, until the um, leaven has permeated the whole loaf. The whole loaf. Amen. Amen. And that's post-mill. That post-mill. That is hashtag that (laughs) post-mill. For sure. Yeah, so encouragement to Christians, regardless if you see the fruit of your obedience in your lifetime or not, push forward, do what is right, regardless of the outcome, because God calls us to be obedient. And we can look back through the Bible at the prophets who never saw Israel turn back to obedience to God but they were called to be obedient and they were tortured. They were beaten. They were killed, mm-hmm. but they were obedient to God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Plot on. Plot away. That's right. Yep. So real quick, before we get into this topic, as that was just the preface, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> long preface. Just a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, rabbit trail. But I just want to go ahead and encourage listeners. First, I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who are out there. Um, we appreciate you. You're helping us continue. And we're about to start a book study on Douglas Wilson's Federal Head, which I'm really excited about. It begins uh, the 14th of April, so in a couple weeks now. If you'd like to mm-hmm. join our book study, you can go to patreon.com slash reformdads, and you can join up. We'd really love for you to join. We've had some great um, 
testimonies and I've grown tremendously from doing some book studies that we've done in the past. So I hope that you will join us. My man Norm has been involved in those and uh, I think they've been great. Yeah. Why Children Matter was great. And then I, what was the one we did after that? It was Reforming Marriage. Reforming Marriage. Yeah. And that has been a good book. I actually just started listening to it again. Um, and just so helpful. I wasn't able to be involved in the book study on that, but um, just reading the book and, and kind of following along with you guys and comments and stuff. So it's been good. And I'm excited to, uh, again, I will, I'll be with working graveyard shifts. I'm not able to be in the book study itself, but I'm excited to join in and just read along with the book. So yes. And very helpful. Very Some of the guys that are in that book study that you get into the chats with, I mean, we've got some really blessed, uh, brilliant brothers that, I mean, every time we, we sat down on a zoom video throughout why children matter, I mean, pulling out stuff that I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't read that in here. Let me go back. Yeah, you're right. So just that iron sharpening iron part of that that study. So head over to Patreon, join up, be a legacy dad, and uh, and join us in that book study. Because, I mean, it is, it's a blessing in and of itself. Yes, and, you know, I'll say that the men are super sharp in there and in the studies that we're doing these books, you know, especially reforming marriage in putting men and women, husbands and wives in their proper roles and the yes. importance of them being in proper roles. Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about today is how we have moved around the identity of men and women into a reverse roles uh, women are now the action stars who can ch- choose, uh, you know, if they're leading their household or not. The man is the dumb, I only care about sleeping with my wife, so she has the power over me. Gender identity roles completely mixed up. Men claiming that they're women, women claiming that they're men, and just the destruction to the family and to society because of the destruction in the family. That's what we're talking about today. Right. Yeah, it's a, it, it's been this slippery slope, and I know people hate that, but, I mean, it, it's real. I mean, we've watched it as, as, as feminism rose, and you know the whole well you shouldn't you don't have to stay home and 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 be a, a homemaker you should go out and be in the in the community and it really was that the beginning the kind of first wave of that that feminist uh first wave that came in was was raising well i can't say raising because it's not but um falsely elevating women to the the level of becoming the man and right. now what has happened recently, I mean, and we saw it. I mean, I remember people talking about this back when the Twilight movies came out <laughs> with, uh, I mean, because you look at, I mean, Edward, the the vampire. I used to make jokes that, you know, we don't call people who l- like to stay in the dark with, with very pale skin and feed off the blood of animals. We don't call them vampires. We call them Alaskans. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, 
but you look at the the presentation of this this main character Edward and he's very feminine he's very you know he's he's in touch with his feminine side he's very sensitive he's very this and it has been and that's what women are being told they should be attracted to so what it is it's go it's it's once they falsely elevated women to this level then they start bringing men down to another level and i mean to the point where we've actually seen it in recent years where we're like completely blurred the lines of of gender and no you can't assign gender you can't do do gender and you can be whatever it is you feel like you want to be yes and and we're watching that become just this crazy thing that is going on and the reality of it is is it's it's actually killing the original feminist movement because what happens when you bring i mean it's like i don't know bruce jenner or caitlin jenner whatever you want to call him became like the the female athlete of the year or the decade or something and you know you see these woman of the year right and and i'm like well okay you're you're a dude so there's a problem there but it's like you'll no longer have you you've killed uh female exceptionalism because all of those accolades and awards are now being given to men who feel pretty and you know i mean the female author of the year in great britain was a dude um you know your state champions for for women's track and field are dudes and you know the the best female ufc fighter is a dude i'm like what has happened what where did we take this this wrong turn and i think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in the fact that there's no fear of christ before people's eyes anymore absolutely man um it's it destroys it destroys societies and it destroys them because two men can't reproduce two exactly. women can't reproduce i mean they can be uh artificially inseminated but mm-hmm. really let's look at what it does if we're having men and women changing their genders and uh they're taking away their ability to reproduce that's going to have an effect on society if we're allowing saying women can make the decision to kill their babies to make them more equal with men in how men can uh, be sexually promiscuous and then leave the situation and abortion norm- equalizes the woman with the man on that role well that equalization is killing off children it's not allowing generations families to continue it's not allowing us to reproduce uh, and fill needs that will need to be filled in the future with a growing population i mean it's it's destruction it's children being raised uh by an effeminate father who's not the disciplinarian and the mother is leading the household and when they grow up um the the woman is seen as the masculine role um why does that create a problem let's let's maybe talk about that why 
viewing women as the dominant masculine role in a marriage, let's talk about how that affects things. Well, that's not how God designed it in the first place because men and women are designed in different ways. Uh, Let's talk about the man is called to protect his family um, and that is just a role in how man was created. Are we going to look to women to protect the family? Are men, when trouble comes, going to take a step back and allow the wife to protect the family? I mean, let's talk about that when troubles really come. Who are we looking to to be the protective dominant role? Right, exactly. Because, I mean, when you when you look at, like, a... I mean, just taking a hypothetical situation of like somebody breaking into your home kind of thing, just, just off the top of my head, something to think about. I mean, if, if you are an effeminate man who has relegated the, the, the job, the authority of protecting the home to the wife, well, that criminal that is breaking in is not effeminate. And so if you're backing off and sending her, I mean, one, she's going to lose. It's, it's going to come down to the fact that, that she's going to lose. She, she is not equipped in the way that God has equipped men to protect their homes. They're, they're, he is given, I mean, there's a weaker, the, there, or the reason why they're called the fairer sex or the weaker sex, because God has made men naturally stronger. God has made women naturally weaker. And then when you flip-flop that, those roles, you can have the attitude and you have the idea but the physicality of it just does not happen. I mean, I don't care how much, how many weights a woman lifts or any of those things to become buff or butch or whatever you want to say it, however you want to describe it, she is still going to fall to a even a man that is is less physically fit kind of thing, right? Because sure. we're just made differently. And so to to lose that authority and to have a, a man who has you know, effeminated himself to the point, is effeminated a word? It is now. Um, to the point where he's given that that protector position to his wife, uh, it just, it, it literally destroys the way God had intended for that family to function. Yes, it destroys God's creation and design. Men created yes. a certain way, women created to be a certain way, and when they act out of those roles, there are consequences to that. A man is created internally to lead. God has put that in him. So when that is yes. taken away from him or set aside, well, that's going to affect his emotions as well, depression, things that that come upon him because he has an un, an innate inside of him. He knows he is called to lead. God has put right. that in him. Regardless of what he says, regardless of what he feels, that is, God, is how God has created him. That is what the Word tells us. So when he, let me say I have to be careful, when he gives up that role to his wife, and let me clarify, men are, are the leaders of their household as we know scripture tells us that 
And it's the question yes. of it, whether he will lead well or not. But when he gives up that role, there's going to be consequences. There's unruly children in the household. There's a mother who leads uh, from more of a relational because she's made more relational than man. That's just how exactly. God has made her. Um, my kids, just by our voices, my wife's voice and my voice, understand right. that dad has a little more, there's a little more fear of being disciplined from dad than mom. It's not about how hard or light we spank them. It's about how God has created us, the right. man being a masculine figure and my wife being a feminine figure. Absolutely. And then you can you can see it just in the in the vocal inflection. You know, you talk about that and I think about my own home. You know, when when Talia raises her voice at Opal, there I mean it's a it's a different reaction than when I raise my voice. If I raise my voice even a little bit everything stops. Yep. And I've, I've watched it. You know, I've like, if I have to, to raise my voice to a level and even my niece who I am not, I mean, we honor her mom as her mom is, is not saved and is not a Christian. And I'm like, okay, this is your daughter. But when I raise my voice, my niece stops and yep. they look and they know that there is a, God has given an authority in my voice, even just in my voice, that says, I need to stop and listen. And I've watched them when, when either one of their moms will raise their voice and say, hey, you need to stop. They'll continue on. I mean, the, my daughter can be so distracted by a television set that when someone's trying to talk to her and she's just completely oblivious to what has happened. But when I raise my voice, it's a stop. And she turns and she looks. And that's what God has given into the father of the an authoritative voice in the home. And again, when when that man relegates that, when he gives that up, he's not actually giving it up. There he's still leading. Right. It's just leading poorly. It's leading the wrong way. The kids are like, well, I'm just gonna, you know, dad doesn't care. So I'm just gonna follow after him and I'm not gonna care. Right. So it's not like you're going, let her lead and let her try. No, if you are still leading and they are following you down a horrible road, a wide path that leads to destruction, you might say. Right. And you can see that it's a path that leads to destruction because God's word talks about the judgment of God coming down upon uh, a people and that we would see that, that we would be persecuted by our children, that we would have... Um, we would have children who rise up against us, right? Who mock us, who don't uh, respect us. That is a sign of God's judgment. And hey, we have Absolutely. That. I mean, that's actually in America, that's seen as the normal teenager, right? Right, right. I mean, oh, I, can't, yeah. I, I, I can't tell you how many families I know that aren't, Christian who will say things to me, but like, uh, here come the high school years. They're not too far off. Or here come these right. years. They're not too far off. And I'm like, well, that might be for the family whose dad 
isn't the authority figure or respected in the household as the the authority figure, but that's not going to be my house because I've started with my children from a young age and they're going to respect dad and know also that I love them and I care for them. That is why I'm the... uh, that is why I'm to be respected and that God has put me in that role. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I, I know as a having pastor to church and it, it used to frustrate me so much to have parents come to me and say, well, you know, my kids are teenagers and teenagers have to rebel. No, they don't. I mean, yes. Okay. We have a sin nature and by nature we are rebellious, but if your child is saved, if they are, if they have repented and put their faith in Christ, then they are a new creature. Right. They no longer, you can no longer come and say they have to rebel. No, that's not true. They do not have to rebel. And like you're talking about the, the culture in America has come like in every sitcom and everything, the dad is the buffoon. The kids mock the dad, the wife mocks the dad. He is not, you know, he, he's just, he's just a moron that, uh, you know, has a job that provides for the family and maybe not even that. And so, and that's what the culture has has said about dads. And again, as Christians, we have to, we have to continue to plod. We keep pushing against the culture and pushing against the, the lies that the world tells. Again, it's Romans one, man, we're, we're, we're watching that happen where it says, you know, that, you know, they exchange the truth for a lie. The women gave up their natural uh, desires for one another and so on. And that's when, you know, a, a society has hit rock bottom and our culture celebrates that. Right. And that's like, as, as Christians, as those who believe what God's word says, we have to continue to push back and dad, you've got to continue to say, not my house. Right. Not here. This is not going to happen here. My children are not going to look at this, you know, this popular sitcom and and think that they can come and mock me as as some. No, there is an authority in this house and it is given by God. And we are I am going to exercise that authority as God has given me to do it. I am going to lead my family in the way that God has called me to lead it. Absolutely. So. What you're saying is the emasculating of men, taking that away, well, that allows children to rise up in their own households, unruly, disobedient, sinful children. So that's an effect of it. Also, just look at the idea of men not thinking that they even need to protect their families, that, oh, my wife will just handle that i need to make money and make sure that uh everybody likes me so that i'll be able to sleep with my wife and i'll have a good relationship with my children and that leads to a nuclear family right and a nuclear family leads to a destructive society right (laughs) You know. Exactly. You know, and it's, I, I mean, I look at, at just different families that I've been engaged with and where, where dad was either for you know, whatever sin, whatever, just lack of leadership. Um, 
you know, just to watch what has, has happened to the children. You know, you, you look at a household, um, I'm going to try to be as vague as possible when I, when I make this out, but hmm. you know, where the, the dad committed a horrendous sin. One, he was not following after the, the mandate of God to lead his family. Well, um, he abused his family. Uh, his sin, I personally think led to his, his death. Um, and then watching what happened to the children. I mean, one child is in prison. Uh, one child is is drug addicted. Um, two child children seem three seem to be barely okay. One is now transgender. One uh, daughter is lesbian. Uh, you know, and it's just like to watch the the fracturing of the family stemming from one refusal to lead and which led to sin. Mm. It's just it's it's mind boggling to watch the fact that. And I even think you know, I mean, dad jokes. You look at what what are considered dad jokes, and it's just it's buffoonery. <laughs> and we go, oh, yeah. those those are like lame jokes and da da da, and those are dad jokes. Well, yeah. so we've literally done everything in our culture to make men look like morons, and and pass that on to women, to the point where men now we see. I mean, I have a, a brother in law who is in the same situation, is like, well, you know what. I th- society views women as more uh, valuable and so on. So now I'm going to be a woman yes. and has begun the transition process. That is and, another you know, and, good point, right? The right. ideal of men being fools, especially white men being so <laughs> white men now are the, the like the racism towards white men in our culture has become okay. Right. And I mean, Dr. Seuss got canceled because of his portrayal of Asian people in these books. They canceled these six books of his because they portrayed Asian people as kind of buffoonery and, and stuff like that. But yet our society portrays white men in that way and everyone's fine with it. And like you said, here's a very real effect of that. I don't want to be identified as that white man, the problem, the racist, the uh, man who's privileged and has all of this white privilege that oppresses others. Well, that is evil just being a white male. I don't want to be the white male anymore. I want to be a white female. I want to be um, a Hispanic female. And now our culture is embracing mental illness as Mm -hmm. okay and truth. But you can understand how people got there. If we keep saying that these being these things is automatically evil and wicked, well, I don't, people don't want to be those things. People don't want to be those things. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be the evil, wicked, white, privileged, this and that. So, you know, instead of being a white male, I'm going to be a white female. Instead of being a white male, I'm going to be. I'm going to identify as a black male or as something else. And you know, and again, the intersectionality of it. It's you know the, you know, Rachel Dolezal. Well, white people are privileged. I'm going to identify as a black woman. Sean King, same thing. White guy that 
everybody for a long time thought he was black. And then you've got all these people that are transgendering. And it's, it's, it's because nobody wants to be that evil thing that the pinnacle of evil in American society anymore is the white Christian male. Right. And that's why as white Christian males, and I mean, and there are black reform males too, that are doing this well, but as, as Christian men, we have to push back uh, on that cultural thing. And again, just like we talked about with abolition or anything else, no matter where we think it's going to go, we have to push back against the culture. Right. We have to push back and go, and we have to do it well. Yep. We have to lead our families well, lead our families with the authority that God has given us so we can push back against the these lies that the culture is pushing back against us. Yes, and that begins with being a man, and a man is defined by what God says a man is. So we need to know truth, what God says a man is, in order to be a man, like in order to operate as a man. First, we need to know what a man is, and we go to his word, we go to truth, biblical truth, to operate properly in that role so that we can affect every area of life. Because honestly, what is a man besides biologically unless you have the truth of how God has described and what a man is to be? We need scripture. We need example. We need an absolute standard to say, this is man, and this is why I push back up against culture when culture pushes back against God's truth. Amen. Amen. We need to look at the examples, you know, of, of, of I mean, Hebrews 12 with the, the, you know, the hall of faith, and we look at the examples. And, and of course, if we're going to look at Abraham and go, well, he failed in places, but we can see the the authority and stuff that God put in him. Ultimately, we look at Christ as our right. example, but we look at the things. I mean, when I look at uh, like scriptures in Second uh, Timothy and Titus and so on, that that a lot of times we use to describe elders and overseers of the church. Well, men, you can look at that and and look at those things and go, these are prescriptive things that God wants me to do in my home. Yeah, you are the primary pastor in your home. You, you know, God has has put a pastor over you. We have, you know, the authority that we submit to elders and overseers of the church. But your first ministry, any men's first ministry, is to their home. Right. And so you should be looking at those things that that God has said, this is what an overseer looks like. And these are the things that, and you should look at that and go, this is what God has called me to be in my home. And then hopefully you have those men in your church that look like that. And they have men over them that look like that. And again, it's that replicative process. And that as you, as a man can replicate that in your sons and you as a man can cause your daughter to go, this is what I want to look for in a husband. And if you are leading your family, right, you have some input into who your daughter is, is looking at as a husband. And that is exactly the internal discipleship that God talks about when he says that we're going to 
permeate the whole loaf, right? It's not just the people that you evangelize to and that you minister to in the church. Well, it's in your household, and that's where it begins. And that's why, like you said, that's the requirements to be an elder, to be a deacon, because if you're not doing it in your household, why should we trust you to do it in the church? In the church. Amen. And then again, as we talked about, when you take a woman and she put her in the leadership of the home, boys grow up feeling like they should be submissive to the female. And so they pick a wife that is, is uh, aggressive and, and so on, and they relegate that leadership. Daughters end up, you know, pushing for leadership over the men that they, they, they tend to pick effeminate men like Edward in the twilight series. They pick these men that, that don't want to do anything. Um, and just a, an example that comes to my mind is uh, Jory Micah, the false teacher and looking at the way that her interactions and her husband's interactions on social media, this dude had no leadership in his home and now is, has no leadership as a man in his home, everything has been given to this woman who is a false teacher. And I don't know if they have children, but if they ever do, it is, it's completely going to demolish the way that God has designed that. And it, again, it comes from the fact that, that women don't have, and it's not, it's not an inequality thing. We are equal in the eyes of God. God loves men and women. You know, we can go through the scripture and, and see that, but God has appointed roles right. and given abilities, and that's what we have to look at. When we get outside of that, it destroys families. Right, absolutely. I I love that you said that about um, what a daughter is going to look for in a husband. Well, if if the man has has never led the household, she's going to naturally what scripture tells us is she's going to look to subvert the authority of the man and she's going to look for men that she can do that with Mm -hmm. which is just going to continue the cycle of destruction of the family of the household i mean men that are dominated by their wife that is not a, a a healthy marriage. It's not a healthy no. household because, as we said, the man has been naturally created to lead. And when you take that away from him or you try to take that away from him because you're not taking it away from him, he is the leader of the household. Right. When you look to do that, there's turmoil in the household in my marriage i can say the biggest conflict that we've had in my household over the years is my handing over of decision making to my wife so that i wouldn't upset her right i looked at the 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 culture tells us happy wife happy life Mm -hmm. but if you're making decisions merely to make your wife happy, then you're giving over your leadership role to her. Absolutely. And that Absolutely. is d- turmoil because she is naturally going to take that 
after you've handed it over and think that that's the, no- that's the way that things should be and continue to, to act upon that because the man right. fails to do what he's supposed to do. Yeah. So just thinking about that I, I, as an analogy, and this kind of fails a little bit, but when, when we drive, my wife and I, over almost, almost 20 years of marriage, we've taken a lot of road trips together. And when we get into mountains and really windy roads and I'm driving, she gets very car sick. She gets hmm. very nauseous. And, the, and a weird thing is if she's able to just reach out and put her hand and just touch the steering wheel, she doesn't have to hold on to it. She doesn't have to. As long as she is touching the steering wheel, she feels okay. And it's a real, really weird thing. And I've always said it. It's like she has the, the illusion of control, but I'm still leading. And she has like this illusion. And I, I would think like, you know, as long as she's like knows why I'm leading and where I'm leading, as long as she knows that I'm following after God's word, then she has this illusion of, okay, I know what's going on, not really an illusion. But now if I just take the steering wheel off and hand it to her in the passenger seat, it does no good. She has the wheel. She's got a hold of it. We're going off the road. Yeah. And that's the thing is no matter where you are, God has set you up. Man, you are in the driver's seat. God has put you there. That's the role he put you in. Your wife is in the passenger seat. Your kids are in the back seat. If we're going to use this analogy. Yeah. If you take the steering wheel off and hand it to your wife, well, she's got the wheel, but she's not controlling anything. You are still in control, but you've given up your ability to actually control it. So it's going to go. You're still leading. You're still in the driver's seat and you're still going to go off the road no matter what, no matter how hard she tries to turn that wheel, it's not connected to anything and you're going off the road. You're going into the weeds no matter what. Right. That's how God has set up the family and you can't take that away. If you try to, you try to give it up or she tries to take it, then things go askew. And, That's beautiful, and, man. And, That's a great yeah. analogy. I, it, I think it's right on. Um, regardless of the argument you try to bring up, the man is the leader. That is an imperative right. in Scripture. That's it. So he's either absolutely he's either driving well, <laughs> or like you right. said, he's handed a steering wheel that isn't really driving the car. It's going to end up in a ditch. Exactly. Right. So Love yeah, that. I mean, men, as you lead, lead by the word. Lead by the word. That. That is how, and lead your wife. I mean, the Bible tells us to wash our wife in the, in the word, wash her in the water in the word, right? We, 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 sanct, we wash her in that. And so that's, that's essentially what I see is her putting her hand on the wheel. She's touching the wheel. You are leading and this is our guide. We are leading. The steering wheel is the word of God. And so as, if, you're, if you're working it right, if your family looks the way it should, you're leading your wife. You guys are, are studying together, your devotionals together. You're doing this together, and then you're passing that on to your children. Yes. Right? This is how it should work. But you can't just give that to your wife and go, well, here, you teach the kids the Bible. You, you do your devotionals. Men, if you are not actively engaged with the Word of God and engaged with it with your family, whether that looks like family devotionals, family worship, family something where you are engaged in the word with your wife and your family, then essentially what you've done is you've just take pulled the steering wheel off of the 
off of the the column and handed it to your wife and done no no good for your family at all. Right. And you've taken the map, you've crumpled it up, and you've thrown it in the back seat because you have right. no map either. You have no idea exactly. how to lead because you don't have the manual. You don't have the directions. You don't have how you're supposed to be leading, what you're supposed Amen. to be doing. Of course you're confused if you're not opening the word. Of course you've handed over the steering wheel if you're not reading and studying the word. You're, you've forgotten Amen. step one, which is fellowship with God, being in his word, it, you've you've thrown that map away. You've handed that steering wheel over. You've closed your eyes. You're looking at your phone thinking that everything's just going to work itself out in the end. Right. And that's not the way things go. Exactly. So Amen. it's not just what a man is, but it's how a man is supposed to lead. It's how, what we're supposed to do, the proper roles, the proper... Uh, leading and it's all right there and again that's why we do this show is to focus on that area in scripture I always want to be pointing people back to the area of where God talks about what a man is what a father is what a husband is what a wife is uh, because I think it's obviously something that the church is largely largely tossed away um, and yeah. just said, well, we need to mutually love one another. Happy wife, happy life. Yeah. Men are Amen. men is men are whatever we want to make it. And let's talk about even too how that affects children. In schools now they're being taught that they can decide what they want to be they can't even decide their bedtime but right we're letting exactly. them decide something that will affect them for the rest of their life exactly exactly i saw i saw a meme on facebook the other day it's something to the effect of um i thank god that my parents didn't let me choose my own gender when i was still eating glue eating boogers eating something else and you know just you know, I mean, you've got these children that are, are like, don't even comprehend what it is they're putting in their own mouths, and, and you're going to let them choose on their own? It's, and, it says something about where we're at as a society under God's judgment, that that's even a conversation. Right. That that's even a conversation right. that we're having, that we're thinking about allowing, uh, I don't know, eight-year-olds to they right. decide or calling babies babies like it has no. to be god handing us over to a debased mind to Absolutely. foolishness because there's no other way that a logical thinking person would right. think that and that us as a society would allow that discussion to even continue yeah. When I was eight years old, I thought I was a Martian. Praise God that my parents didn't let me get surgically implanted antenna and dye my skin green. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, because in today's society, that's basically, I mean, we, 
I mean, it, it's so far gone that, I mean, literally to the point where, you know, they, people are identifying as different animals and, and different ages. And, you know, it's like, we live in a fantasy world. Our, our, our society is based on something completely other than reality. You know, I yeah. mean, we've got 50 something year old men who identify as seven year old girls. Yeah. That's not dangerous at all. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's really true that as a population we've accepted this or if it's just television and media and pop culture continuing to push the agenda and showing people are okay with it. I mean, maybe right. I'm just disconnected, but I, I'm trying to think in my mind how uh, a, a massive amount of people think that these things are okay. And I mean, it's either the judgment of God, which it is either way. Um, but is, is this really accepted on a mass basis? Exactly. And I don't think it is. I, I, I think you're right. I think it's what media is showing us, but I think, I think there's a remnant. I think, you know, we, we know men and, and women and Christians who are part of that remnant who don't buy into this. And I think even in, in a lot of, I'll call them pseudo Christian circles. You know, I think even there's a, a, a a level of people in Joel Osteen's church, even though he's a false teacher and so on, there are enough people in there that have encountered enough of the word of God that they're like, yeah, we don't buy into this. But media is what has taken over. And that's when, I mean, it's it's the media that makes people even say, you know, in all the different things we've talked about, abolition and stuff like that. The only reason somebody who's pushing forward a, an abolition bill who would go, well, this is not going to pass, and so why bother, is because media has told them that's not going to work. The only way people go, well, you know, there's no real use in, in trying to, you know, persuade somebody that they really are a man and not a woman is literally because media has said you cannot do this. Right. We have, I mean, our society has surrendered to media but I think you're right. I mean, we run in the circles of people that are like, no, this is not true. This is not real. And I will stand against it. Right. So we, we see the people that are there and we know that there is a, a, a remnant of God's people that will stand up and say no, even in the midst of all the things, the propaganda that's pushed forth that says, yeah, you guys have already lost. Yeah. I, it's, it's tough because, I mean, resident Biden is going to be putting in the <laughs> Equality Act, so it's going right. to affect all kinds of things. That is why we must push back. The God of shalom, the God of peace, that culture, culture it worships, worships a God of shalom, which is false peace. The peace... The God of peace says, don't disturb Demas. Don't disturb uh, culture. Don't disturb someone else. And right. because it says that, this is where we are now. 
right? Don't just dis- right. don't create a ruckus. Just allow culture to continue to do what it wants to do. Don't tell people that they need to do anything. Just allow them to do what they want to do. And that is not the the God that we worship. That's not the one true God. That's the God of the no. culture. That's the God of uh, false shalom. Don't disturb me. Don't tell me that my abortion is wrong because you're creating ruckus within culture. You're disturbing my personal peace. But right. our God has called us to be godly troublemakers, to go preach the truth, go make disciples, teaching them to obey all about that God has commanded. And that has to be telling people the truth and what they're doing is leading them to their own destruction. If I truly Amen. love someone, I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm going to disturb their so-called peace, which is not peace at all. It's internal turmoil. It leads to destruction. It only seems like peace because maybe there's quiet around it. Right. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, we, we, we need to be out there preaching the word. Yes. And pushing back, pushing back. Making the proclamation of God's truth. You know, we we can't make disciples if we're just sitting back and, and watching it happen. And that's what Jesus has told us to do. Go and make disciples. How do you make disciples? How can they know unless somebody preaches? How can they preach unless they are sent? We have to go out. We have to be out there pushing back against the lies that are out there. And that's Amen. the bottom line. Amen. And it's Amen. it could lead to death. It could lead to imprisonment. It could lead to somebody not liking you. It could lead to uh, somebody being saved. Again, Amen. as we started with the conversation, God works out the outcome. We are the ones who are called to be obedient. Amen. Amen. Well, I think that's a good place for us to end this week's show. Um, Absolutely. Be on the lookout for our book study. If you want to dive more into this, and this is what we're always challenging each other to do, is to push back up against culture in a biblical way, to lead our families in a biblical way. Um, And that is where true discipleship begins, is in our household. And us as men, we're coming together and we're challenging one another. We're going to scripture. So again, go to patreon.com slash reform dads. If you want to get involved with us, join our book study, which begins on April 14th. Uh, It is Federal Husbands by Douglas Wilson. And uh, this has been your man, Dusty Marshall and... Mr. Norm, the master's dog, Dunham. And as we always Amen. say, surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. I don't understand, I don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers, and we gon' worship the Father, we gon'
gon' drown in this water All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water Family, family, family Christ up One time for my whole family